listening to Side Hugs, your unofficial Duggar Snark podcast to help you help us feel better about talking shit about a weird ass family. This week on our show, we are going to be diving into three of the engagement episodes. So we're going to take a look at Jessa and Ben, Ginger and Jeremy, and Joy and Austin. Chrissy, do you want to give us a rundown of the episode descriptions? They all happened within a couple years of each other, um, one or two years. And first we had Jess's, which was actually on 19 Kids and Counting in 2014. And the official description is, with two Duggar weddings down and 17 to go, is the family ready for another set of nuptials? Ben plans a secret. A special surprise scavenger hunt proposal for Jessa with each challenge relating to a special moment in their courtship. Um, Next, we have Counting On Proposal in the City. This was Ginger's. Ginger, Michelle, Jessa, Ben, and Spurgeon are all in the Northeast meeting some of Jeremy's family and friends and visiting his old stomping grounds. Little does Ginger know, Jeremy has an important question he plans to ask before the trip is over. And then we had another Counting On episode, which was Joy Gets Engaged. The Dillards prepare for their return to Central America. Ginger puts together a care package for her family back in Arkansas. Austin asks Joy a very important question. And Joe asks for permission to ask Kendra Caldwell to enter into a courtship. All right. So those are the episodes. I would also like to add, I have two conspiracy theories related to these that I really want to dive into. No, you know what they are. You start and let's see. Okay. So the first one that I really want to truly just dive headfirst into the rabbit hole is the conspiracy theory that Ginger and Lawson were famous Mm -hmm. meathead, Bundy meathead, Lawson Bates, that they were in a courtship before Jeremy kind of swooped in and whisked his Duggar bride away to Laredo, so, Texas. So, like, an official courtship? But I feel like, wouldn't we have heard about this more? We've, we've heard about it some. Very discerning observers have sort of picked up on a couple things that they've compiled evidence of over the years. And I don't think it was an official courtship. Okay. I think it was... I think it was definitely a pre-courtship. That's what I'm going to go with. Like, uh, My money was on. They were in a pre-courtship relationship sure. for... Like how they say they have been friends for so long and stuff like that. And that makes sense because of the Duggars' relationship with the Bates in general. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I definitely wouldn't be. Also, I am genuinely surprised that they have there has yet to be a, a Duggar-Bates relationship. This family's insanely close. They're famously weird. I have seen people say that despite the Duggars being, you know fundy royalty that the Bates family sort of distances themselves in that way. I mean, because yeah, why yeah. haven't we seen one? That makes no sense. Okay, I can see that. I think they're decidedly less cringe mm-hmm. than the Duggars in a lot of ways and maybe it's like bad for their brand. Yeah, for a wider audience, yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, and then the second conspiracy yes. theory that I have Joy and Austin were totally involved for, like, much longer than they've been letting on. And I think this has been sort of confirmed. Okay, so they started courting in... I mean, they courted for, what, three months before they got engaged? Maybe we should go into timelines for each of these courtships because they are whip fast and, like... Yeah. 
All right. So Justin and Ben began courting in September of 2013. They were engaged in mm-hmm. November 2014, which is a pretty long courtship. They courted for, what, 11 months or something? A full yeah. 11 months, which is... That's, you know... that Very impressive. Sure, funny that's standards. responsible. Um, they were married a yeah. year after that. So they had a year-long engagement, which, again, is, you know, pretty impressive. Yeah, they had the long. Yeah, they had the yeah. longest Duggar courtship and engagement. And mm-hmm. then Ginger and Jeremy, I guess they started talking in May of 2015, and then were courting like a little over a year later. They were engaged uh, not long after they started courting. Um, but see, the thing with their them is that. Uh, in their episode where they get engaged, they, they're they very wonky with the time because um, in the episodes leading up to it, Jessa says, mm-hmm. you know, that Ginger and Jeremy have only been dating or only been courting three weeks and he's he just bought the ring. But then in their engagement episode, at one point he says they've been courting for two months. At one point he says that they've been courting for three months. I, I really feel like it was just like a month until they got engaged. Yeah, no, they think, they think no one is keeping track, but yeah, we are. We, we are keeping you. track. They were inconsistent. Yeah, yeah we see you. We see, we see what you're hiding. Um, I also think that this was after Josiah had a failed courtship with Marjorie mm-hmm. Jackson. And there is speculation that after this point, they started waiting until like an engagement was eminent before announcing the courtship itself. Yeah, instead of, like, so that kind of explains why we knew about Jess and Ben for like almost a year right. before you know they announced an engagement. I think it's likely that a lot of these li- like couples who have gotten involved more recently have been like mm-hmm. they've had sort of like a a private yeah pre court a longer private pre courtship going public. I could see that, and like you said with Joy and Austin, um, I mean I remember. I, I I've seen like so many posts on social media or on Reddit where people show Austin mm-hmm. in photos with the Duggars from like so long before they announce any kind yeah. of friendship. So your conspiracy theory, which yeah. honestly it's like not even a conspiracy. It it seems legit that they knew each other and were talking with the intent of courting for a long time until they were like legal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I also, yeah, that I was going to say, I don't think that they really publicize it because in some of these photos, like, it really accentuates the age difference in a way that makes pretty much everyone really mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Like, they are far enough apart in age to where like, they knew each other when Joy was, like, truly a, a child point. and Austin was, like, yeah, that that's, you know, that's then then I, you're right. You got it. Because for sure, yeah, they didn't start courting until what she was almost 19 or 19 so then well she had she was 19 and one okay, yeah old. yeah so then that made it you know more like acceptable as you know so the start of their courtship date at the time it was publicized as november 2016 which would have made her 19 years and one month old however plot thickens so one year ago in 2019 for jo- joy's 22nd birthday which is Entirely too young to be like a mother God, of two, married yeah. for a couple years. Austin posted a pic on Instagram of their wedding day with the following caption: "Today, my sweet wife turned twenty-two years old. Comma, we have been together since she was seventeen. 
So there you that, go. It's right there. He fully just admits. He he doesn't say we have been courting since she was 17. He says together. we have been together. So they kind of did have this like really protracted like pre not I'm not even sure what they would call it, but like clearly they thought they were together other people had to have right. known that they were I mean, together because of like fundy courtship and just rules against like boys and girls just like being right, together like, yeah, what would the term be for a pre-courtship i mean because it's more than a friendship they're talking yeah, about the intent of eventually courting and courting is talking about the intent of know. eventual marriage. I'm rolling my eyes right now. Yes. <laughs> Call it dating. Please do. <laughs> Call it Please. he's your boyfriend. Call it y'all are horny yeah. for each other. Like yeah. whatever. Oh yeah. We should dive into it, but I do I, I do feel like a special, like not a, I don't have a special place in my heart yeah. for any of these people, but I do think that the Joy and Austin are the only couple that would be together. Mm-hmm had the Duggars, like, never been on television, which, like, it does make me kind of I do have, when we get to them, I have plenty of notes about being here for them, because, yeah, like you said, I I don't, you know, they have terrible, terrible values, and they're bigots but of these couples, yeah, they're they're the most genuine as a couple. They make, they make sense. I, I'm rooting for these crazy bigoted kids. (laughs) In a love story way, not yeah. in a, I want their political agenda to be enacted sort of way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's dive into Jess's engagement first. That came first. So we should also know this was on 19 Kids and Counting, and the other two were on Counting On. Did you notice any like noticeable difference between the episodes and how the engagements were shot? Um, how they were shot? Um... I mean, not really. I didn't really pick up on anything, but judging by that question, I'm wondering if you did. Yeah. Okay, I did. And it's not so much a question, more of just a a point of contention with editing and I guess like how they're doing the storylines now is that there is so much fucking filler in Counting On and you don't realize it until you go back and you watch an episode of Counting On or of 19 Kids and Counting. The the Jess's engagement episode was a tight 30 Mm -hmm. minutes and the other two were almost an hour of kind of just like the same thing over and over and it's like I wonder what made them switch the format. Maybe because they, they've started doing fewer episodes per be. season. When yeah, Counting on because started. at the beginning of Counting On, they really, like, the first season was just a few episodes, too. So that makes sense. Yeah, it was three um, Yeah, because they would do that weird thing where they, oh my God, they would tease what's coming up next, like, so much. So that, like, when the scene finally came, you thought you had already basically seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just... um. It's really amplified with some of these later episodes. Okay, so Ben and Jessa, a little bit of background. So at this point, Jim Bob has invited Ben to move in at the Duggar compound for him to continue to get to know Jessa. Honestly, it seems like a pretty sweet deal. Okay, I do do have a note about that. Okay, so he hired him, quote, so he could spend more time with Jessa. And then he was working Mm -hmm. with Jim Bob. But I don't know, looking at the way the family works like right now, was it that or was it so he could like truly have been under his thumb and like working for him? Because we know that everyone's on Jim Bob's payroll, but as far as mm. their, you know, courtship goes, it's, it's pretty nice. He's like right on the property. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it is 
to get him under his thumb, but also this boy is clearly unemployed if he can just up and go to Northwest yeah. Arkansas and start working for his almost future right. father-in-law. It seems really odd to me. And I think this is one of the reasons they have such a protracted engagement that I think they've spoken about it. Like they were, they started dating or courting after Jill and Derek, but got married mm-hmm. afterward because Ben was still sort of saving up. And at the time, Derek had this like Walmart yeah. accounting job. Ben is 19 mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Not in college, doesn't have a job. It's just so weird to me that he could pass muster, honestly. Jim Bob always goes on about how he has such stringent standards for the men who are looking to court his daughters. And it's like, have you, have I know. you met Ben? Like, what, what? I love him, you know. Sweet. Simple Ben. Yeah, yeah, simple Ben. But um, it seems like a lot of the things that you have purported to really value and like your future well, son-in-laws are it, like, it's kind of like not. Well, like in, in this case, Going back to my whole Jim Bob having control, maybe he just saw somebody who was very, mm-hmm. like, pliable for him. And he's very much just as opposite in that way. So I guess that's why they work. Yeah. And then maybe that's what tra- attracted Jim Bob to him. He's not very headstrong. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he does seem incredibly mm-hmm. pliable. I think they put him up in, like, an attic. Like, weird warehouse things it, that's on the property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah an attic in in a warehouse Mm -hmm. garage i also have a line that ben says when he's talking about why he wants to marry jessa he says they have the same passions and Mm -hmm. same goals i would like to know what these passions and goals are jessa because just a little more specificity there um and then He's just so, like we said, he's simple, Ben. And he's so sweet because when he asks for permission to propose, he says, your permission to ask Jessa's permission. So it's like he wants to be respectful of asking Jessa and not just saying, oh, if if Jim Bob says I can marry her, I can marry her. But so that was kind of sweet. He does seem like weirdly old fashioned in a way that... So few people seem like he he really does seem like he is a 19th century yeah. Mennonite stuck in the body of a, a oh modern boy. You know, there's just something about him that reads very like Amish, yeah. very, you know. I can see that. Just kind of a I could carnival barker in a way. Aww. Poor Ben. Um, I also made a huge note <laughs> that just says Ginger's eyeliner because at this time her eyeliner was very dark. Her self-tanner was very much there it was such her look and it just obviously stood out to me very hard yeah no full uh-huh. raccoon liner oh this is also interesting so he he asked jim bob for his blessing and he gets it and then he goes back inside to the big house to kind of like talk it over with the girls and so he sees joy ginger and Jana all cooking and he goes over to talk to them they seem so like they just seemed so friendly with him and comfortable. so comfortable with him in a way that was really nice mm-hmm. to see. I feel like the Duggars are so policed in all of their interactions mm-hmm. with people of the opposite sex that this is probably their first like genuine yeah, relate like friendship or relationship with a boy. Um and it's sweet and it's like normal and nice, but it also how weird is it that the only friendships with the opposite sex are allowed to have are with their in-laws slash Oh, I know probable otherwise it's yeah totally not happening um yeah and and i guess 
then him coming to live there really helped with that because they were all able to get closer to him, which is sweet. It's like endearing. Joy, especially Mm -hmm. like there is a scene later on where he's getting ready for the proposal and Joy is helping him brush his hair. She's really getting in there. Like, I think it's good for them. I think it's healthy for them to have normal relationships with people their own age. Um, I agree. Then we have Ben has to, you know, bring his whole proposal plan together. And he goes to a coffee shop to call Mm -hmm. Josh and Anna, who are at this point still living in D.C., he he talks to them about his plans, and one thing I noted was Josh's commentary, which anytime Josh talks, I'm just so, like, it's so off-putting. But he says, a guy has to come up with an idea and own it. That's what I did, and I got rained out. And then they flash back to his terrible proposal to Anna in the seafood restaurant that looks, she just looks... Like, she barely knows him, and she has to say yes, and I just find it so funny and so typical of Josh to have all these opinions and so-called advice when his proposal is truly the worst out of all of them. Yeah, it was so horrible. And his advice is so, I mean, it's pretty bland, and he does ask Ben at one point, he's like, aren't you scared that she's going to say no? And Ben kind of truthfully replies okay no i'm not scared like i'm horny for jessa jessa's horny for me like it's happening and then josh kind of admits that he had no fears either like Mm -hmm. he knew that anna was gonna say yes and then anna says she laughs in this really uncomfortable way and says oh my god if i knew that you were thinking that i would have said no and you can like just feel every viewer screaming like anna you should have said no oh god you missed your chance to get away it was just cringy in general. I I felt so uncomfortable with the idea that, I mean, obviously, I feel like this is like TLC producers trying to, you know, keep Josh sure. and Anna involved in filming and production and stuff like that. But it's just so cringy that he has to ask the abuser of his future wife. Not that that's all he I is. But, and there can be, you know, reconciliation and healing in families. But like, obviously, that's probably not what happened sure. in this situation. <laughs> and um I don't know. It's just like cringy and weird. And I, yeah, no, no, I didn't like it. It's also weird to think about how pre-planned this all had to be. Like the tr- TLC had to get, had to coordinate getting two film crews in two different cities right. and like do this at the same time for them to get it. Like, yeah, I'd like to think that if it wasn't for TV, Ben would be like, "Who the fuck are you? I don't." Uh, yeah, to you. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. And 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 his proposal overall is so intricate in terms of filming and getting everything set up. Okay, let's go into this truly bananas idea of a proposal that I have a lot of okay, issue same, with. Same. Um, do you want to kind of explain what the whole the whole gist is that he's um, trying to do, other than? infuriate jessa to her absolute limit before we get into before we start the whole proposal idea um i do want to talk about ben and jessa having dinner with their parents uh do you want to explain what happens sure so uh jessa and ben go on a triple date with each of their sets of parents they are all sitting on one side of the table basically so that the camera can face them all. The The dinner's like really weird. Just awkward because I mean, what even is a triple date with your parents? I mean, come on. But 
I guess the whole point is because it's, you know, the night before the proposal starts and he wants to have a big show of giving her like the gift that starts it all. Mm-hmm. But I made note of <laughs> during, before they ate dinner, they all held hands at the table to pray and Jess and Ben hold hands during prayer. And at first, like nobody really clocks it. And then they realize they're holding hands. Michelle and Jim Bob kind of jokingly say like, Oh, not you guys, but they're still holding hands. Michelle looks so scared. She, at one point she looks at Jim Bob and says, dad, Michelle says that as if she's making sure it's okay. And it's just so uncomfortable and so weird. And they have to make everything sexual, even praying together. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, but I kind of okay. loved this moment. Yeah. Michelle absolutely flips, like, loses her shit, yeah. is, like, truly panicking. Like I said, she looks scared. Grown- yeah, she does look terrified. Yeah. Like, God is going to, like, smite her in a- with a yes. bolt of lightning yeah. or something because they broke their – they had like committed to themselves that they weren't going to hold hands until after their engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the part that I love is that she's like frantically looking around, like wait- waiting for Jim Bob to kind of like, yes, tell them to knock it off. Jessa yes. has the most smug, defiant look on her face. She refuses. She's like, I am not letting go of this man's yeah, hand. Yeah. This is happening. Fucking deal with it. Like she, like you can it. tell she makes no move to, to kind of break contact. Right. She's in it. And I'm like, go <laughs> i know like in that moment yes i'm okay with it i i was there for it yeah um she looked really happy for sure she looked happy and also something i noticed about yeah. jessa and ben particularly in comparison to like jeremy adventures i like they're not a super they don't seem like incredibly physically affectionate people mm-hmm. like jessa doesn't in particular Whereas, like, Ginger and Jeremy were always fucking touching, like, yeah, touching as much all the as time. They, as much as they could be, they were all over each other, for sure. Yeah, no, it seems like Jessa wasn't into that, or, like, that isn't the way she expresses affection. But you can tell, like, this is meaningful for her. She, like, wants to hold her boyfriend's hand. Let her do it, it's you know? It's a big deal. It's, like, the first time she's holding a guy's hand, really. Also, I feel like it goes to show how much more relaxed courtship rules became with each subsequent mm-hmm kid who entered into a courtship like Jessa was only the second one at this point and they were still pretty yeah pretty surveilled by everyone and pretty policed in terms of oh yeah definitely contact and what they were doing but I'm I'm here for I'm here for breaking the rules I'm here for getting horny handsy with um, <laughs> your soon-to-be horny handsy with your soon-to-be fiance yeah I'm, I'm you know I'm here for this scandal <laughs> so scandalous <laughs> <laughs> of breaking the courtship rules yeah yeah, there's a there's a couple there's one other significant instance of them breaking the courtship rules that we can we can dive into later. But um so they're holding hands at this dinner. Ben gives her this wrapped gift that he says is going to be the first clue to the rest of her life. Ben gives Jessa this box that um he's wrapped himself and there was a whole scene where she- uh where he's struggling to kind of wrap a piece of paper around a box in in a way that doesn't look you know, like a toddler did it. Yeah. Um, I think he utterly fails. And okay, I yeah, I kind of hate when guys are so like performatively incompetent and they're like, oh, I don't know how to do this. I'm a guy. It's like that's uh-huh. not attractive. Right. Maybe it's just to me, but it's just we'll get, grow up. Come on. Buddy. I mean, wrapping a gift isn't like a feminine or masculine task. It's um, it's a grown up task. Yeah. 
But you can tell he thinks it's endearing that, like, uh he's struggling to do this, but he's really trying because he loves Jessa so much and wants to show her. And when when Jessa receives a gift, like, she clearly thinks it's endearing. Oh, you have this yourself, et cetera. Yeah. 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 And I can tell. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) They're very young. Um, But honestly, it seems like like, uh, Jessa really appreciates it. Oh, also, this got me curious about this whole thing about how Ben is kind of, like, he seems really, like, incompetent in a way that is such a turnoff to me. Personally, this is obviously my own personal hang-ups about this. So I was wondering, have you heard about that thing yeah. about how in marriages it's common for one spouse to be an older kid, like the oldest child of the family, and then married to someone who was the youngest in their family? Oh. Have you heard about no, that? No. This is so like my thing. mom was the oldest. I, I th- I've heard it as a thing. Um, okay. My mom was the second oldest of four, okay. and my dad was the second youngest of 11. Okay. So they were truly like an inverse. Yeah. I don't know, but there's something about compatibility where as the oldest child, you have certain skills and like leadership and just kind of whatever that a younger kid wouldn't have. And so, okay. like, I don't know, it's just like they complement each other. You've never heard of this? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. What, okay. For you and your husband, are you guys both – like where are you in the birth order? I'm just like he, he only has like here. one. He only has one sibling, and he's he's the younger one, and I'm the youngest of all of my siblings. But I guess you're getting divorced. Was, <laughs> <laughs> well, my well, um, yeah, sucks for you guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I really do think it's a weird family lore thing on my part. That well, that's interesting though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but okay. So it turns out Ben is the oldest of. Mm-hmm. seven kids and i would also consider jessa the oldest or like one of the older kids oh yeah for sure for sure and she's up there 19. but just like i need okay objectively speaking ben does not seem like an oldest child he doesn't seem like an oldest fundy son no in the way that John he doesn't David. have this complex of like, right yeah. or josh of like you know the sun shines up uh-huh yeah soul, you know yeah like the overabundance of confidence yeah, no, it's not that he just seems generally like a very like mm-hmm. soft hearted, tender boy. You know, he does, and oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. he's sweet. They're young. Yeah, we should go easy give, on that. I'll give in it some to regards. <laughs> kind of. Okay, so back to this twenty four hour proposal. So Ben gives Jessa this poorly wrapped gift, and and at this like Jessa's face kind of lights up so it's towards the end of the dinner dessert is out in the talking head she keeps saying like you know i keep you know waiting for the ring Uh looking around trying to see when ben is going to get down on one knee she's jonesing for it she wants a proposal to happen now she's expecting it yeah she's expecting it and you can tell that she is getting pressed like when the the waiter comes with the bill yeah she she like is actually having trouble keeping sweet. She is making the most sour, yeah, bitter lemon face at the fact that she still hasn't gotten her ring. And honestly, I kind of feel her. I mean, I've I've been in that position before where the person I'm married to now, but before we got mm-hmm. engaged, there was a time where I was so sure, I was so sure it was coming. It was like an anniversary and we were out and I kept thinking he was going to turn to me and do it and do it and then, day came and went and it didn't happen and so i i oh, oh, i no. totally feel this yeah 
that's one thing is like when you expect it so she clearly expects it to be happening but the thing that's frustrating me is ben is clearly going to propose like she knows it like everybody knows it but he's just making her wait sure and uh, yeah yeah and you know it's coming soon like no matter what right and he's not doing anything to sort of like allay Mm, her anxiety he's only increasing it with every subsequent little clue in this crazy scavenger hunt that he has planned oh yeah i feel for jessa (laughs) i think this is crazy on ben's part basically we should explain what he has in mind is to do this whole day where jessa has to do activities that kind of take them through a walk down memory lane of the past year of their relationship but here's my thing with it he's forcing her to do all of the shit alone right and you know and 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 it's like a day full of challenges. These are, yeah. these are tasks. She has to remember all of the DC landmarks that they went to. And mm-hmm. she has to walk up to strangers collect and ask, yeah, ask them for roses so she can collect all of them. And it, I don't know, it's putting her out of her comfort zone, which can be a good thing. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a day full of these, yeah, like I said, challenges that aren't fun and like you said by herself essentially by herself it's like things she doesn't like yes you know that she she can't concentrate on because she's so obsessed with when am i you know when is ben going to propose like when is he going to show up Mm -hmm. she's obviously she can't be in the moment yeah so she's walking around the city all day just trying to keep calm and it's not working and she's kind of struggling (laughs) she's kind of struggling a little bit you know, I'm okay. So I'm impressed that he arranged this whole thing because it's very intricate and like it's all about their relationship and all that. Um, but at some point, it's too much. Like you said, every it's step, every step, she's waiting for him and he's not there, and it's just like, yeah, it, it's it, it could have been done in you know a few clues. Yeah, yeah. I kind of have a theory at the end. It sort of makes me kind of recontextualize what happened in the day. So the final clue is sending Jessa to the shop. This is the only clue she gets immediately. Mm-hmm. She knows that she's going to Thorncrown Chapel, which is this beautiful glass chapel in the Ozark Mountains mm-hmm. that she's clearly talked about with Ben. And she's mentioned, like, I'd love to get married here, but it's super tiny. We could never have a wedding here. Clearly, it's like something special to her it's something she's like fantasized about so she knows immediately she needs to go here yes and ben has been decorating the chapel all day getting it ready for the proposal with and some of her siblings and probably, her parents yeah so yeah. that's actually okay. what made me think that the reason for the whole drawn out scavenger hunt was to give the duggers enough time to drive over from town to town to eureka springs because to get there jessa and, and ginger okay. flew over with JD. Right. And so it probably took him a while to drive over from Northwest Arkansas to wherever this chapel is. Okay. That's a good point. So that's, so the longer she was gone, the better. Yeah. I think it was just a chance for, because for the proposal, he invites the Duggar side of the family and his own side of the family, the Seawolds over yeah. to kind of be involved and like celebrate with them afterward. So when I saw that, I was kind of thinking, okay, I feel like this is making more sense. Maybe he was just truly needing to buy time and kind yeah. of, Okay. Keep them occupied while the family got over there, which I mean, I do think is like a really nice gesture, but maybe, yeah. maybe in execution, it was like there were some things that were lacking. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Mainly yeah. making sure Jessa was actually entertained and not 
boiling over with anger. Right, like that she actually enjoyed it. Um, uh, Yeah. She has to take a train over to uh, the Thorn Crown Chapel. And on the way, Jana brings her a bag with a dress to change into. And Jessa goes into the bathroom. She gets changed. And I feel like the moment she walks out, like, she realizes what's happening. Like, she's like, finally, okay, it's coming very Mm -hmm. soon. I don't have to worry anymore. The anger kind of, like, melts off her face. And she seems so much more calm. She seems, Mm -hmm. like, really excited and happy. So they finally arrive at Thorncrown Chapel. Jessa knows what's coming. She knows it's her time. She walks in. The place looks so nice. Like, this is a really nice chapel. Yeah, it's such a good... It's, like, so perfect. I um, I don't know how I feel about, like, church things, but I would get married in that church in a heartbeat. It's so beautiful. Oh, my God. Me, too. It's, yeah. it's stunning. Ugh. It's sunset. Light yeah. is streaming in through the glass windows. It's, it's a really nice moment. And I do want to give Ben credit for for really taking charge of the decoration of the chapel he had a vision yeah he was not afraid to take charge give people orders he knew how to execute and in a way that Absolutely. i think it's rare for a lot of these duggar boys to do because they think it's not manly it's just him in, or whatever in general he's just usually not general? super like that so oh, oh i'm sorry especially yeah. just him in general yeah mm-hmm. like he's not usually like that so if ever there was a time for him to be so take charge, this is perfect. Yeah, that's so true. I, And I guess for him, like, he was stepping out of his comfort zone in that way, too. So there's a bit of narrative symmetry there where he forced Jessa to, you know, right. do all these talk to strangers, like, play all these games. And he had to, he, he had to step up. He took the reins. He, he did his part, you know? Mm-hmm. He did. When he actually proposes... Mm-hmm. He he gets on one knee, asks her to marry him, and she says yes. But what do they do right after she says yes? Here we go. On my mind from the very beginning. Full frontal hug. Both arms, you know, flung around mm-hmm. each other's bodies. They're going for it. Crotch yes. is facing each other, which is the biggest no-no in this family. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They're defrauding us all with this hug, for sure. Defrauding us all. I, I I, do love, of course, that they did it. I love that they, like, never commented upon it, didn't feel the need to, like, defend it in talking heads or whatever. Sure. Part of me is so glad for these horny teens that are going for it, but a part of me is, like, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't, as a Duggar brand, be like, we forbid all type of this physical contact and yet all of our kids do it. And I don't mind that the kids do it. I like that the kids do it. I'm like, go for it, honey. Get yours. But yeah. it's also like, at the same time, the Duggars need to stop peddling this fiction that to frontal hug is like completely unheard of and uh, an absolute no-no. Yeah, I mean, if it is, if it feels so natural to them to do it in that moment, then it's, yeah, because it's natural. It, it It's normal. Yeah. It's not yeah, the the more they, and we've said this before, the more they sexualize things, the more, you know, sexual they become. Like, it's, it's just a hug. It's just a normal hug. Yeah, it's a hug and it was perfect for the moment. Like, it, it was, like, exactly the right mm-hmm. kind of 
thing that they each yeah. like wanted and needed to say like oh my god i love you we're doing this we're getting married mm-hmm. i also don't think that when you compare them to ginger and jeremy i think they would have been uncomfortable with a kiss i feel like that would have been yeah. they genuinely would have been that's too far but i did i did note um which i always feel this with their proposals or when they're courting or you know whenever they're like side hugging um it just it seems like they want to kiss or just like that it'd be so natural to be close like that and and you know they can't but it just it's another yeah. moment where it's that's totally okay in normal life it's ugh. and and yeah. and they their bodies feel like that it's normal ugh. Yeah, and it's just, it could be such a good thing. I see what you mean. I, I see what you mean in so many instances, but I feel like, I don't know if you disagree with me on this. I, I kind of don't see the, we're truly one inch away for, from kissing from Jess and Ben that often. Like, I don't think I, I saw it really in this. In episode. general, in general, I would say no, because like you said, yeah. th- she's just not into the PDA, never has been. Um, in right. general, I, I definitely don't see that. Um, in that moment, I thought I did. But, you know, I think I see that every time Duggars get engaged. So maybe I'm just a pervert. I mean, no. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But there is a yeah. marked difference in how Jessa and Ben interact physically. And the fuck me now eyes that Joy oh, throws at Austin throughout my the entire God. I know. I, I was like, wedding courtship. I was like, is it? I was like, is it the shorter the courtship, the hornier the couple? Because, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah that's what it seems like. I do think, <laughs> I think through our a slow burn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our rigorous yeah. scientific analysis. <laughs> right. We, we we've deduced that the shorter the courtship, exactly. the hornier the couple. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's about it for Jess and Ben. Happy for those kids. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Okay, cool. To an extent. To an extent, as much as we can be. As as everything goes in this in this pod, it's like as much as we can be for any any Duggar and Duggar adjacent person, you know? Right. I mean we never support them as people, but if we're just separating all that and just looking at them as couples that's yeah oh my god is it controversial to say i think even like racist bigots should be in love (laughs) (laughs) no it's not everybody deserves love come on all right okay all right i mean (laughs) i'm not i'm not fully confident i'm not confident enough to be like i'm this is my stand and this is my hill i'm gonna die on it but um something to put out there right you know it's some food for thought. Food for thought, yeah. Okay. All right. Shit. All right. So as it turns out, there was way too much snark to fit into just one episode. So be sure to tune in next week for part two when we will be breaking down Ginger and Joy's proposal episodes. Until then, snark on, Mother Duggers.